Melinda, you can come do your dance now. Uh, you bring your word now. How long have you been with us, Melinda? A year. That's a year. I don't know if anybody... Who's friends on Facebook with Melinda? Do you see her posts? Have you... Talk about, talk about yeah, the joy of the Lord. Yeah, that's good. So, um, yeah, well set up there. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. Terrible thing, menopause. So I've got a fan with me just in case I burst into flame with a power surge. So please excuse me. Okay, so hi, everyone. For those of you, thank you. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Melinda. As Lyndon just said, I'm a wife um, to Jeremy for 31 years. I'm a mum to Tim, Sam, and Olivia, and a lolly. Yeah, I didn't want to be a grandma. A lolly to those two delicious twins that you see sprinting around the back, and a very proud mother-in-law of Abby and Holly, who I really love. They're amazing. Now, when planning this morning, Dre basically said, just be real, tell people a little bit about your heart and what makes you tick. So I'm going to try and do that. So I've got a little video clip that will kind of give you a little insight into what's going on in my head at this time. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit what's going on in my heart as well. Hopefully it works or I'll have to act it out. That'll be awkward. (laughs) Maybe it won't. I'm the one on this side. See, I've even got my penguin earrings on, so. Yeah, it goes on and on, but that's basically me. For me, from early November, I'm fully chomping at the bit to haul out my Christmas treasures, crank up Michael Bublé and put up the tree. But you'll be relieved to hear that my inbuilt aversion to getting the side eye from the neighbours prevents me from degenerating into a fully-fledged, crazy Christmas lady although I do secretly quite love people who go all out, like that guy over in Shands Road. I reckon you can probably see his house from space. It's epic if you haven't been. But Jeremy, my beloved, of 31 years, is cut from different cloth. He prefers the understated, preferably with classical music and a choir, to being married to me. I've noticed that around Christmas he often wears that defeated, resigned expression of that poor man in the video. But for millions around the world, Christmas is nothing more than just a few days off work, a chance to see family and friends, to eat and drink too much, all, sw- all while racking up a huge debt that they, with money they don't have for gifts that they don't need. And despite my best intentions, some years I find myself also getting caught up in all that crazy But when I let that happen, I find that I miss the significance of my most favourite time of the year, the purposeful practice of intentionally leaning into the hope, faith, joy and peace of Advent. Advent is the chance to look past all that's going on in our everyday, 
to really focus on what was prophesied about the Messiah's coming, the significance of our Saviour's arrival 2,000 years ago, and a chance to relook at his relevance today, and time to ponder the promises we can look forward to that are going to come out in the, in the future. It's the mysterious now and the not yet of our faith. Now, I'm sure, as others alluded to this morning, we are living in some pretty unusual times, and I'm sure you'll all agree. Increasingly, there's a palpable sense of stress and distrust and anger and frustration and fear and uncertainty wherever we look. And with all that going on, there's nothing better that we as individuals and as the body of Christ can do than to wholeheartedly lean into Advent. So maybe life is really tough for you at the moment because of lockdowns and COVID and mandates. But then equally, it might have been really tough for you because of other reasons like ill health or a death or unemployment or financial hardship or because your arms are empty and you long for someone to love or you're living in strained or fractured relationships and you just don't know where to turn. Psalm 25 is the answer to our current circumstances. It's the prayer of the isolated, the lonely, the frightened and the weary who are desperate for normality amid uncertainty. O Lord, I give my life, my hope to you. I trust in you, my God. Show me the right path. Lord, point out the road for me to follow Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. In seemingly impossible situations, Jesus is the only answer. And as the body of Christ, we are called to be Jesus with skin on for those around us during these impossibly tough times. We're to carry one another's burdens to hold each other's arms up like Aaron and Hur did for Moses during the battle against the Amalekites in Exodus. In Isaiah 64, it says, Oh, that you would burst from the heavens, God, and come down. How the mountains would quake in your presence as fire causes wood to burn and water to boil. Your coming would make the, mount- the nations tremble. Then your enemies would learn the reason for your fame. When you came down long ago, you did awesome deeds beyond our greatest expectations. And oh, how the mountains quaked. For since the world began, no ear has heard, no eye has seen a God like you, who works for those who wait for him. This verse is one of the greatest prayers of lament in scripture. It's the raw cry of the desperate. God, I need you to come and to bring heaven with you. I need you to find a way where there is no way. I need you to heal the broken and to bring justice. God, I need you. So while Advent is primarily about waiting with joy-filled expectancy for Christ's arrival, there is also space in Advent for lament for our broken, hurting world, desperately needing God to come and do what he does best. And the hope of the Messiah who will 
Open the eyes of the blind and set the captives free. Theologian Frederick Beckner once wrote, Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. For 34 years as a believer, I imagined that my faith was rock solid and that nothing could shake me and that I could, it would carry me through anything. But in September last year, following a car accident here in Rolleston, just two months after we arrived, that caused some really pretty major consequences for Jeremy and me, for Jeremy's health. Our whole world felt like it was turned upside down. Every plan we had for the future just vaporized in a split second, and it totally threw me, to be really honest. Um, yeah, you know, with your brother, it's huge. Um, I'm not going to cry, because that would be really irritating. Um, <laughs> Now, I never doubted God, and I can honestly truly say that I didn't doubt his unchanging love for me, and I wasn't angry with him, not even for a minute, but I totally felt empty and mentally and physically exhausted. And we, Dan played that song about joy. I've always been quite a joy-filled person, and I found my joy was missing, and it was a really scary place for me. And more worryingly, I found myself utterly paralyzed with fear about the future. And it was right in the midst of that worst of times when I most desperately needed God and his community of saints more than I'd ever needed before that we found ourselves, as I said, new to to Rolleston and to Canterbury with no friends and no home church. And the 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 short version of a long story is that in my most desperate need, when I had nothing to give, just nothing, when I was figuratively hanging on by the skin of my teeth, God came close. He showed himself in lots of ways, but primarily through a group of cornerstone women who were Jesus with skin on for me. They stepped in and they held my metaphorical arms up when I couldn't anymore. Jan and Susie and Catherine and Maxine and Sharon and Megan held me throughout that dark night and they kept pointing my head and my heart back to the one who is never changing despite our circumstances, despite our feelings, despite what's happening around us. Just thinking about it nearly makes me blub actually because they were amazing. Thank you. Thank you more. (laughs) No, just kidding. Um, Yeah, during that time, a friend up north sent me a song by Philippa Hanna called You're Still God, and you'll be thrilled that I'm not going to sing it to you tonight, today, but um, I'm going to read you some of the words because it's really become a declaration for me. When all foundations have been shaken, when I'm left standing in the dark, And all I feel is my heart breaking, you still reign and you're still God. Though I can't see what's before me, I know I can trust your heart. And this one truth will be my story. You still reign and you're still God. I will declare that you are with me, though voices whisper that you're not. You'll never leave me nor forsake me, because you still reign and you're still God. I'll fix my eyes on you, Jesus, 
for you are God and I am not. You are good and you are faithful as you have been right from the start. You're working all things for your glory because you still reign and you're still God. One of the biggest lies our society and our brains tell us is that God sees what's going on and sees what we're going through and yet watches on like an unmoved, remote and unaffected voyeur. And that couldn't be further from the truth. My experience of God and the hope of Advent is that God is right here, up to his armpits in the mud and the sweat and the tears of the trenches alongside us, closer than the air we breathe. He's right here in the midst of what we're going through. And the hope of Advent is that Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with us, came to earth and experienced all the grief, all the pain, all the loneliness of what it is to totally be human. And so I bought a prop. You know that book? Here it is. Um, We're all going on a bear hunt, but we're not scared. Well, it's a bit like that. Jesus didn't make a way for us to go under it or over it so that we could avoid pain and hard times altogether via some kind of spiritual overpass. No, instead he made a way for us to go through it. And as painful and raw and messy and honest as that reality might be for us, there is hope because Jesus made a way through. Admittedly, sometimes that way through might be a white-knuckle ride with us clinging on with both hands for dear life, but just as we hang on to hope, God clings on to us. I love the way the message put that in Isaiah 43. Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name, and you are mine. When you're in over your head... I'll be right there with you. When you're in rough waters, you won't go down. And then Isaiah 41, that's right. Because I, your God, have a firm grip on you, and I'm not letting you go. I'm telling you, don't panic. I'm right here to help you. So if life is really tough for you at the moment, and for many it is, please hold on to that image today. As you go into Christmas and into the coming year, remember that God is holding on to you just as tightly as you're holding on to him.